Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we are. The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we see here as we move into the last half of Romans chapter 8, we're going to see uh, the three uh, three persons of the Godhead, our Trinity, we're going to see at work. And in these two passages, it's the Holy Spirit that intercedes in us. Now, remember, we got the Romans 8, and we are in clear understanding that we are in Christ. There's no condemnation. We looked at that in the first verse. Believers are in Christ. We have the indwelt Holy Spirit. And so now, if you want to be successful as a Christian in this life here on earth, the time that we have, the key is, the secret is, prayer. And the Holy Spirit, it's not like God is just active in our justification and that's it. It's our whole sanctification process that we go through. The Godhead is active. The Trinity is active. So that's verses 26 and 27. We see the Holy Spirit is interceding in us. To continue with this thought of the Trinity, I'd like you to look at verses 33 and 34 before we go back and do a deep dive in verses 26 and 27. Watch what it says in verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justified it. Right? No condemnation. We looked at that in verse number one. You're in Christ. Nobody can lay a charge against you. That means Satan can't. Well, why not? Well, look at verse 35. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Satan can't bring any charges against you or me because Christ, on my behalf, on your behalf, intercedes. So we have the Holy Spirit intercedes in us. We have the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, he intercedes above us. He's our advocate. Christ, if you're, if you're saved this morning, Christ pleads on your behalf, on my behalf. And if any man sin, we have a what? Advocate with the Father. Who's that? Jesus Christ, the righteous. It's a beautiful picture. This is the prayer line, if you think of it, of it this way. Holy Spirit in us, interceding in us, Jesus Christ above us, and there's that line to the Father. 
which if you look at verse number 28, we'll see the third uh, person of the Godhead. God, well, you could say the first, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're looking at God the Father in order of the verses, at least in this passage. Look at verse 28. Back on up a little. But the point's the same. We're looking at here the Father that provides for us. Look at verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God provides for us. The Trinity in Romans 8 is the Holy Spirit intercedes in us. Jesus Christ, the Son, intercedes above us. And God the Father, he provides for us. You hear, you have used this term, I have, in some way uh, or another, or you've heard it be used. It meant God's providential hand was in this. You see, well, man, we just see the providence of, of God in this situation. This is how God provides. Holy Spirit dwelt within believers. Jesus Christ interceding above us. God the Father providing. That's the Trinity right in Romans chapter 8. Go to Hebrews 7. I'd like us to look at that verse. But keep your finger in Romans 8, please. Hebrews 7, verse number 25. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Watch the end of this. Seeing he ever liveth to what? Make intercession for them. God saves us. To the from the guttermost to the uttermost, out of the gutter into the to the uttermost. It's beautiful. <laughs> we are looking at Romans eight. We are looking at Hebrews seven passages like this. This really is. This is the original Wi-Fi. This is the original wireless system, where distance is not a barrier between the Christian, the saved child of God, and the Godhead. There is no barrier. The Spirit is praying in us. The Son is praying above us. And both of those are working to make sure that the message is sent and received by God the Father. I'm telling you, this idea that the Godhead or the Trinity is just active in our salvation for justification, although that is true, that is not the end of it. The Godhead is active in our Christian life as we are sanctified and made more like Christ. Pastor was shown some new wireless system. You know, the congregation thought that he'd just be really in awe of it. 
pastor responds, that's great, but it's nothing new. Psalm 40, 34 says, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him. How's that? You got a poor man on earth and you've got a you've got the Lord rich in glory in heaven. I'm telling you, God created our hearts with the Holy Spirit indwelled in it. You have wireless capability. If you've got a message that you want to send to the throne room, you can do it. I can do it. We've got the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. All right, go back to Romans 8. Let's look at verse 26. Get back there. The Bible says, likewise, it's like the same way we talked about earlier in the passage. You've got sufferings, you've got trials, you've got things in this life that can just overwhelm you. And it tends to get our focus off of the glory that's awaiting us. We talked about how we got to keep our eyes up and that blessed hope. Well, likewise, the same way here, the Holy Spirit will help you, will help me with our prayers. It says, help it. Uh, likewise, the Spirit also, does it say take away our infirmities? No. Help it, our infirmities. We think we are strong and we fail to realize the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shield. Do you need somebody to help you bear something? I do. Prayer. Prayer. The Holy Spirit in us. Go to 2 Corinthians 12. Keep your finger in Romans 8. 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 5. And Paul. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 5. In the middle of the verse, Paul says, under the Holy Spirit's inspiration, yet of myself, I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Now, who, who says something like that? Paul, who's just plugged into the Holy Spirit of God. For though I would Desire to glory, I shall not be as a fool, for I will say the truth, for now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth me, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure now you would think that paul would be praying for relief in a difficult situation but he says he glories in his infirmities now if you're in a difficult situation you probably do what i do which is lord please provide some relief <laughs> that's our go-to now we might be reminded by a brother and sister in christ hey maybe the lord you should be praying that the Lord would guide you through it, would help you through it, would see you through it, would be there to strengthen you. But if you're like me, you're, Lord, just make it go away because we don't want it. We don't want it. Verse number eight, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice 
that it might depart from me. And here's the answer that Paul got back from the Lord. And he said unto me, verse number nine, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Watch this. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul said, I understand I asked three times. It's not going away. I will glory so that Christ can be seen and magnified through me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, not because he's some type of masochist that just loves to have some type of pain. No, the Bible gives us the answer for Christ's sake. But when I am weak, then I am strong. We think the Lord should take the difficulty away. Instead, pray, Lord, aid me, help me, guide me, please. This is why in Romans 8, go back there if you would, please. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Notice that semicolon connects the next thought. For we know not what we should pray for as we are. Now, you can have some eloquency is supposed to be the, you know, the term of the day. You need to have some type of eloquent speech that's really going to, but that's not Paul. I may be able to, you may be able to impress each other, each other or others with a long drawn out eloquent prayer that sounds real theological. We don't know, we don't even know what we're supposed to pray. We're, we're focused on, we're focused on the wrong thing. It's not about being eloquent. It's about Lord. I am unable. I need your ableness. Help me. Do you know what tomorrow is going to bring? Because I don't. We don't know what the. Our ignorance and not knowing things. Is one of the other reasons why we don't know what to pray. I don't know what's. I don't know what's best for me. Let alone what's best for you. But I know that the Holy Spirit in me. Knows what's best for me. And I know the Holy Spirit in you. Knows what is best for you. We must. Keep this in mind. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. With groanings which cannot. Be uttered. This is the true God breathed prayer. Bible talks about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. The Holy Spirit knows that our intentions aren't, aren't always the best. So you know what the Holy Spirit's going to do for us? Filter those prayers, send it up to the prayer line. Christ is going to intercede for us. And then the message is going to get to God the Father. After the Holy Spirit filters all the stuff out that he's going to make it right. 
your prayer life isn't just about you and me uttering vocabulary words. It's about something unseen and unheard that the Holy Spirit fixes and gets the message up to God the way it should be. The way it should be. Now, earlier in the chapter, we learned we're sons of God. We've got the spirit of God. We've got the spirit of adoption. That spirit of adoption allows us to cry out the Father, right? Then we see in Romans 8, we're, we're children of God. And then we get to verses 26 and 27 and it starts talking about prayer. You know how we come to God in prayer? Like a child. Like a child. If you're a parent, you can relate to this with your children. Or you can relate to it when, when, when back in your childhood. I would go to mom and I would go to dad. And dad would filter the thing out to make sure that my request lined up with what is best for me. Dad, I want to go out. I got a new bike. I want to go out and ride in the street. That's my request to my father. And you know what he has to do? That whole thing's got to get filtered out. and He's got to take all of my ignorance out of it and say, okay, here's how it's going to go. We're going to have you ride your bike in the driveway. Because if you're out in the road, someone will come along and hit you. Now, don't we do that as parents? Our children bring us requests. And we have to filter those requests and make sure now that it is for the child's benefit. It's the same thing with us. And our heavenly father. Amen. Amen to that. With groanings. Which just cannot be uttered. We, had, we have things. That if we knew. If we knew them. We wouldn't be able to convey them. In the way. It was supposed to be conveyed. Why we have the Holy Spirit interceding in us. In verse number 26, watch here. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession not against us. For us. When you and I have a motive or a desire that is impure, you know what the Holy Spirit does for saved Christians? It makes intercession for us and filters that thing out. Verse number 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We saw earlier two groanings. We saw the groanings of the child of God and with creation, and there's a there's a better hope. We, we preached on that. Um, and here we have groanings in our prayer. So God searches your hearts and makes intercession for us. Groanings which cannot be uttered. Because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of groanings that are uttered, aren't there? 
you got weird circus sounds coming out of people and this you know the unholy spirits coming out and people calling it well this is my prayer language it's unintelligible nobody knows what they're saying but look are you saved this morning you may not be able to see it you may not be able to hear it but the holy spirit living within you makes intercession in us for your prayer life. Amen. Amen. You've got a twofold assurance of acceptance by Christ. And it will be according. Look at the end of verse 27. Let's look at this phrase. According to the will of God. Romans 8 27. That's the last phrase. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, Jesus said. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Do you know what you want? What I want most of the time? We want God to do our will. And because we made a, a conclusion to a final point, we think, well, man, that's God's will. No, that's your will. That's my will when, when I do that. I just can't believe I was treated this way at church. And people leave, all across America, people just leave churches because they just can't believe they were treated that way. Well, did you ever think about praying about it? Did you ever think about going to the brother or sister about it? Did you ever think about the fact that when you go to McDonald's, you're not treated right and you still go to McDonald's? <laughs> Did you ever think about the favorite store that you shop at and the person was rude to you and they didn't treat you right? You still go back there. But yet when something happens in church, well, I just can't believe I wasn't treated right. I can't believe I didn't get the way I wanted it. Well, you seem to be able to function in life in every other place that way. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. So when I have thoughts like that, and you have motives like that, the Holy Spirit intercedes in us, and we get a prayer line that's filtered out and makes a little bit more sense than what we would have said. Go to John 14. It's a good passage of Scripture. John 14. Verse number 13, Bible says, And whosoever, John 14, John 14. We need help with our prayers. Look at verse 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, Keep my commandments. Jesus goes on. I mean, this is great. What do you see in verse 13? Ask in my name. Verse 14, ask in my name. Verse 15, love me. Keep my commandments. I know that we have physical ailments that we need to pray for. We are praying for them. If you were to go to any church in town 
regardless of the denomination. They've got the right gospel and they're a Christian church. You go to any of those denominations and you say, can I see your prayer list or can I sit in your prayer meeting? Most of the prayer requests, and I am not saying this is wrong. This is reality. And these are things we do need to pray about. But most of them are going to be somebody broke the leg. Aunt Susie has cancer. Uncle Louie lost his job. My dad broke his arm. My dad lost his job. You know what they all are? They're all physical in nature. They are. Rarely do you get, you know, we have evangelistic opportunities to go out from this pulpit. We, we give them all year long. I have yet to get an email, a text, or a call from somebody saying, you know, preacher, all these outreaches that are going on, I haven't done one in a year. Would you please ask, would you please ask God to help me to obey my, his commandments? Churches rarely get prayer requests like that. We've got at least three a month. If it's been six months and you're not a retired senior citizen that can't get around and walk and you haven't come to one, why don't prayer requests from church people all across America come into their preachers about that? Yet as soon as the brother breaks, people out doing gardening, they're out. You know, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's an either ouch or that's an amen. That's something in there to, to think about or pray about. That's one of those. We want physical comfort. And look, when my back hurts, my arm hurts, I want you to pray for my physical ailments. I do. I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. They should. But not the exclusion of Look, our prayer, our prayer needs to be more about, Lord, help me love you and obey you more. 1 Corinthians 16, you don't have to turn there. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store and God has prospered him. I'm not talking about visitors. I'm not talking about visitors in any church all across America. I'm talking about church people who have attended a church for six months, nine months, 12 months, two years, 10 years, and they haven't given a dime in six months. They haven't given a nickel in a year. You know how many preachers across America get a prayer request for Lord? Would you, or, or preacher, please, would you ask the Lord to help me not be selfish? Would you help the Lord? Would you ask the Lord to help me to not be greedy? Would you ask the Lord, please, I need to be on the prayer list to give me a cheerful heart to give? You preachers rarely get messages like that. It's a shameful thing. Anybody ever read a little bit about Charles Wesley? Wesley, he made good money preaching. And he made good money writing. Talk about West, Charles Wesley. In the 1700s, 
the average yearly salary of a single man was 30 pounds. Wesley, he made 1,400 pounds. In that day, that was good money. He gave all of his money away to build orphanages, to build churches, and to print Bibles. Most Christians in America give more to tractor supply than they give to their local church. And I'm not being critical. I'm not being mean. I'm trying to be biblical. This happens all across America. This is why every town you go in now in 2023, every single town, if you can find me one town, find me one town and email it to me or text it. I don't think you can find one town in America where the biggest two churches in that town cater to the fleshly carnal desires of people. Not the spiritual ones. Not the spiritual ones. They will have a decked out coffee bar and cafe. They will have a thousand square foot of fun of, of a fun center. They will have a huge worship band with all types of lights and the whole bit. Every time I've had the opportunity to talk to a preacher that runs a church like that, I ask them, this, I ask them all the same question. If you took away the Nickelodeon Fun Center, if you took away the coffee bar and the cafe, and if you took away the, the rock band, what would happen the following Sunday? They all chuckle and laugh and say, oh, we'd, leave, we'd, we'd lose half the people. An if there's an evangelistic outreach, if there's a prayer meeting, crickets. This is church in America. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that type of church. Wesley, because he was getting prominent, he had a lot of opportunity to have dinner with prominent men in England at that time. And when they would go out to dinner, when dinner was complete, Wesley would typically close out the dinner by saying, well, I, he, would, he would excuse himself and he would say, uh, I need to be excused. I need to get home. I've got an appointment tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. And so the, whoever the man was that he was having dinner with would be, well, what do you mean you've got an appointment at 4 a.m.? In other words, who in the world has an appointment at 4 a.m.? Wesley said, I've got an appointment at 4 a.m. with God. The man said to him, with God, Wesley says, yes, I have an appointment with him every morning at 4 a.m. Because he was up praying with the spirit interceding in him 
and Christ the Son interceding above him and God the Father getting the message. And we need less people complaining about church and more people praying about church. Amen. You know what they did in the book of Acts? Turned the world upside down. They didn't have mega church buildings. They didn't have a lot of money. Broke. Poor. But they turned the world upside down for Christ. And until modern American Christianity gets back to that, all it is is it ain't the world. It's us. It's our prayer life. Last verse be the last thought I have for you this morning. Go to First Timothy chapter 2. I have one last thought for you. First Timothy 2. Watch what it says. In verse number five, you all know this verse. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Here's God. Here's man. Christ is the one mediator. If you're not saved this morning, you cannot get to God the Father unless you have someone that does some mediation for you. You know why you need, people need a mediator? It's when two parties are at odds and two parties are involved. So in salvation, man and God are enemies. Man is God's enemy because he sinned against God. There is no way for that thing to be reconciled unless Jesus Christ, the one mediator, comes in and makes that thing right. And then when you are in Christ, Christ is now your advocate. But in Romans 8, we're talking about saved people. And we're talking about intercession, not mediation. Intercession is different than having a mediator. I'm not, in, it's not two parties that need to be reconciled. It's not two parties that need to be in cooperation. When you don't pray right, and I don't pray right, the Holy Spirit makes intercession. Meaning, I don't even have to cooperate. You don't even have to cooperate. If you don't know even what you're supposed to pray, it's not mediation, it's intercession. The Holy Spirit, without your cooperation or without my cooperation, will make that prayer right. So it goes up to the prayer line and gets to God the Father the way it ought to be. Praise the Lord for Holy Spirit intercession. Amen. That should, that should compel us to want to pray more. I just don't know what I have to pray. That's okay. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit will intercede for you. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. 
In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.